Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. If you weren't with us last week, just a quick note. Uh, I mean, the chatter in the lobbies was amazing last weekend. And we taught about the subject of rewards. And we ended up talking about the judgment seat of Christ and talked about what will make us cry up there more than anything. Talked about how God's not a communist or a socialist and he rewards us for our efforts. And we had a blast. So if you weren't here, you can listen to that for free, believers.cc or on our Believers Church app on any smart device, phone, or tablet. Today, I have, I'm just excited about this message because it's all about God helping you radically change your life. And that's, that's what today's going to do. We're going to finish up eternity today, living this life for the next life. And I want to open up with a story. Um, when I accepted Christ, I was just 19 years old. And my brother and I ran a business, and we decided to sell it. And uh, it was a bodybuilding gym, and banks would only loan uh, uh, 10 cents on a dollar. So nobody could buy it because no one could come up with 90% down. So we ended up uh, just liquidating it. And we came out with great debt. So here I am with great debt, knowing I want to go to Bible school, working a job where I'm making maybe 50 cents over minimum wage at the time, and I'm driving a junk car, and uh, that was my life. But I'm trying to you know, get ready, prepare myself to go to Bible school. And I'm in a church. It's smaller than this, but it's like this. And I hear the people keep talking about tithes and offerings. And I didn't know what a tithe was, so finally one day I asked, and somebody told me it means to give 10% of your income to God. And my jaw dropped. And I also became very angry because the pastor of that church just bought a brand new Buick LeSabre. So I was a little bit upset about that because I'm driving a piece of junk. And I'm arguing with God. And many of you here are like me. I'm a processor. So I can't hear something one time and jump in. I have to think it through. Gina and I had all kind of arguments in our early marriage because she'd say, what do you think? What are you going to? And I'd say, honey, I'm going to need time. I need days to process this baby. And she goes, can't you think on your feet? I go, no, I I'm going to need days to think this one through. And thankfully, our grandson Joey's just like me. So now she's understanding me watching Joey. I just have to process things. So some of you here, you're the same way. So I'm processing this, and I'm reading scriptures in the Bible, trying to figure it out. And so one day, I just finally realized, you know what? It's in there. I don't care what the pastor's doing. I'm, I'm going to obey God. And I began to tithe. And God just radically changed my life because someone walked up to me, I don't know, about six months or so later, and they gave me a car. It wasn't brand new, but it was way nicer than mine. Someone else came up to me and said, I want to pay your business debt off. And they paid my business debt off. And then I had one blessing after another come, and I began to realize God can really radically change our finances if we just it just do some of the things he tells us or teaches us to do in the Bible. Of course, you have, to, you have to release faith because Jesus said, let it be done unto you according to your faith. So many of you in here are tithers. I want to just help you walk out of here just believing and expecting for what the Bible promises. Some of you, you may be visiting thinking, oh, no, this is my first time here, and you're talking about money. I can't believe it. Well, I do it twice a year, so I teach on it. And you have to, because if I don't teach it, you can't reach it, right? So I want you to reach it, so I have to teach it. And that's the only way it's going to happen. So, uh, But here's what I want you to know. This is really important to me. I don't know what any of you give. I don't want to know what you give. When I see you in the lobby, pretend you're a tither, because I don't know whether you tithe or not. Um, <laughs> 
Don't be guilty, because I don't know what you give. All I care about is your soul. But I have to teach what the Bible teaches uh, so that you can reach it. Because if, if I don't teach it, you can't reach it. And so we have to make sure uh, we teach it. But I just care about your soul. But I want you to hear what the Bible has to say. So here's my big idea. This is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And it goes like this. A dime can radically change your life here and forever. And uh, we'll talk about the forever because this is eternity, right? But this is so cool. I want you to understand the here too. And take a look at this picture. When I say a dime, you know, I'm referring to it like out of every dollar. See, that's 10 dimes. Out of every dollar, look at the next picture. This is what God wants you to do. He wants you to take one of them and give it to your local church so that your local church can do what God's called it to do. And that dime represents the tithe. And so you give your tithe. But notice you still have nine dimes left. That's a lot of dimes. And you know what God says? He says, I'll bless those nine. I'll make them go further than they could ever go. And then he says, I'll protect those nines. We're going to see that. He'll actually protect those nine that are left. And then he'll bring other dimes in. He'll drive, bring some nickels, some quarters. Some, he'll, he'll bless you when you begin to just make that commitment. And I know for some of us it's really tough. And I'm gonna, I think I can answer almost every question you have, and then I'll give you some resources if I don't answer them all, okay? Well, so we'll make sure we help you out. I'm going to read a, a scripture in just a minute. But before I do, I think it's important to make sure we all understand the scripture. It's about tithing, but it's in the Old Testament, and it's under the law of Moses. So uh, you realize you're no longer under the law, Right. But let me tell you why I want to read it and explain the law to you. The law of Moses is awesome in this sense. It's a legal document. So how many of us have read legal documents? Aren't they detailed? Aren't there a ton of pages? And uh, that's what I love about the law of Moses because God documented it. He dotted every T or, or, or crossed every T, dotted every I, right? He made sure you understood it. So I like reading out of there for that reason. But here's something else I know. Um, before... God gave Moses the law. That's after the children of Israel came out of Egypt, the Ten Commandments, and then he just wrote all kinds of other pages uh, in the law. Abraham tithed. Isaac and Jacob, his kids tithed. The grandkids tithed. So tithing existed before the law. And then Paul talks about it in three different places in your New Testament. In Hebrews 7, the Bible reads that every time you give a tithe, Jesus literally receives it in heaven as an offering. It's not going to the church. It goes up to heaven as an offering. It's, a, it's an amazing amazing thing. So God included it in the law, but here's something you want to know about the law. If they didn't do everything written in there, a curse came on them. And the curse of the law is in Deuteronomy 28, so you need to understand it. The curse of the law, read it sometime this week, Deuteronomy 28. It's, and here's the curse of the law. It, it was aggressive. It, it, God said it will hunt you down it will find you and jump on you. And it had to do with sickness and disease finding you and jump. So not just the random stuff. I mean, it would just come on you like crazy. And then it had to do with extreme poverty hitting your life. Then it had to do with people taking you captive, other nations and making you slaves. But in Galatians 3.13, you know what the Bible says? Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, so that the blessings of Abraham can come on you. So whether you tithe or not, there's no curse of the law coming on you. So just relax, take a deep breath. Ha! Ah, it's not going to happen. But I'm, I'm going to just read it because it's documented and it's so awesome to just read it and see it and say, whoa, that helps me understand it. So here it is. It's Malachi 3, 9, and 10, and it says, 
a curse is on all of you because the whole nation is cheating me. And you read the verses above. They weren't tithing, so God says, you're, you're not tithing. And, and he had the crazy curse, you know, chasing them down. And you're redeemed from that crazy curse. And verse 10 says this, bring the full amount of your tithes to the temple. So that's why the temple was their local church. So Jews were in every city, and they had temples in every city, and they would bring their tithe to the temple or the synagogue. And so it goes on to say, so that there will be plenty of food there. And here's God's plan for the tithe. There are certain people that just work full-time for God. You have to have a building. And so the whole idea of the tithe is to take care of God's house. And it helps us give to the poor and reach out to the community. So it's just financing the work of God on the earth. So he's asking all of us to help. He's saying, hey, give a dime. Give, give, give a 10%. And, and so it's just amazing when you study this. But the next part is really amazing. This is the second half of verse 10. He says, put me to the test, and you will see that I will open the windows of heaven and pour out on you in abundance all kinds of good things. Take a look at that. Keep that up there for a while, guys. All generosity brings blessing. You know, Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, give, and it will be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over through the hands of people. Scripture after scripture in the Bible talks about generosity, and generosity always brings Blessing. The secular world talks about that. I'm reading a book. It's an audio book, so I'm listening to it, uh, called Barking Up the Wrong Tree. It's so incredible, guys, if you like books. Barking Up the Wrong Tree. And in, in the book, he just shares a secular study, and the sec secular study had to do with generosity. And it's not talking about church, not talking about tithe, just generosity in general. And, and they have proven through just, you know, studying that for every dollar people give in generosity, $3 in one way or another comes back into their life. Generosity always blesses you. It, it, it allows God to bless you above your ability. Secular people know that generosity blesses you. But what I like here is to tie this specific. Listen again. Notice it says, I will open the windows of heaven. And the windows of heaven, when they're open, that, that goes beyond just blessing you. When the windows of heaven are open, that means God reaches down and he places his hand of blessing on your life. It's one of the blessings of tithers. He also protects you. We'll look at that in a little bit. But it's absolutely amazing. So I wanted you to just see what an open heaven looks like. And for those of you that are tithers, I want you to begin to believe for that. I want you to expect it because God's promising it to you. And I want you to expect it in your life because it's absolutely Amazing. So I was thinking, should I show you Abraham, Isaac, Jacob? They all had open heavens. Should I show you some of their grandkids? They all had open heavens. And the one that came to my mind was somebody I really like because he had adversity. And in the midst of adversity, God opened heaven and blessed him. And his name is Joseph, Old Testament Joseph. And his brothers were really jealous, so they sold him to slave traders. The slave traders took him to Egypt and he was bought in Egypt as a slave. Potiphar bought him. Potiphar was the captain of the guard, so he was a, a pharaoh. He was a high-ranking general. Took him to his house. He made him one of his slaves. And something happened. And you know what happened? God put his hand of blessing on Joseph's life. So Potiphar wanted to favor him. It, he, when, when, when heaven's open, people will just like you. 
They'll, they'll see something about you. They won't know what it is, and, and they'll just want to favor you. You'll have favor come from different people. It's just what happens when you're a tither. I want you to begin to believe for that, and it happened with him, and it's just amazing what God began to do, and then everything he put his hands to just succeeded. There, there was just a blessing of God on his life. So let's look at a couple of verses. Genesis 39.2, remember he's a slave. The Lord was with Joseph and made him successful. He lived in the house of his Egyptian master who saw that the Lord was with Joseph and made him successful in everything he did. This, he favored him. He, he saw something on him. And notice verse 4, Potiphar was pleased with him and made him his personal servant. So he brought him close. He gave him the cake jobs. And it goes on and says, so he put him in charge of his house and everything he owned, no longer sweating outside and working in the fields. Now he's running this guy's house. And, and I notice tithers are promoted. It's amazing what God does when you tithe. Listen to verse 5. From then on, because of Joseph, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian and everything that he had in his house and in his fields. So God even blessed the business he worked for or his master just because heaven was open. That's what an open heaven looks like. But it doesn't mean you won't have adversity. Uh, Potiphar's wife thought Joseph was cute, and she kept saying, hey, you know, let's get together, let's get together. And he kept saying, man, you're married, and you're married to my master. Are you crazy? Leave me alone, woman. And so, so it just kept going on. And so one day she cornered him, and she said, you're not getting away. This is the day. And he screamed and ran out of the room. She grabbed his coach. She was so offended that he rejected her. She told her husband, he tried to take advantage of me. So he was so mad, guess what he did? He put him in the king's prison. A king's prison is different than regular prison. Regular prison is you're in bars, you're, you know, and, and you know, life's not that great. You, you're not free. The king's prison is where they put people that the king hated, and they tortured you. A lot of waterboarding type things, you know, and they starved you, and they just beat on you. It was an awful place, and he put Joseph in there. But Joseph had an open heaven over his life, and so this warden had to be crazy. But somehow the warden woke up one morning and says, there's something about that Joseph. I don't know what it is, but I like him. I'm going to take it easy on him. And then he began to give him some jobs, and then Joseph, because God was blessing him, just did everything awesome. God gave him abilities to do things he didn't have abilities to do. And then the warden said, you know what, Joseph, and this, I am not making this up. Here are the keys to the prison. I'm going to sleep in, wake up late, go to lunch with my buddies, watch some ESPN. Hey, how about you just run this place? And Joseph ran the king's prison. Isn't that amazing? So he's in air-conditioned office. He's, he's, he can get in any computer system. He can do anything he wants. Think about it, man. And it's all because... That's what an open heaven, open heaven brings favor. And, and you need to begin to understand that because if you don't expect it, you're not going to get it. You have to believe. Jesus said, let it be done unto you according to your faith. And you tithers, you need to believe. It's amazing what God can do. Listen to verse 23. It says, the jailer did not have to look after anything for which Joseph was responsible because the Lord was with Joseph and made him successful in everything he did. Can I tell you a couple stories? Listen to this. Um, there are some of you, I call you super freaks, and I use freak in a positive way. You are so gifted. Some of you are entrepreneurs, and you are so gifted, you don't even need God's help. That's how gifted you are. Others are gifted academically. You went and you obtained these incredible degrees, and, and you're really good at your craft, whatever your profession is. And without God's help, you can make lots of money. 
You don't need, you don't need any help of God. And I know people are listening. Uh, I know that. You know that. I know that. But here's what happens. Uh, God will bless you above your abilities, and that's what's amazing. So wherever you're at, he'll bless you above it. And that's what God does. But then there are others here. You, you know, you weren't born with great gifts. Um, you don't have... Uh, you know, a lot of great ability. And I tell you, I, 34 years I pastored this church, I have watched God. I have watched God do remarkable things with people that didn't have two nickels to rub together. They have businesses that will blow your mind. God's done all these blessings in their life, and it's because they just decided, I'm, I'm going to tithe. And so he'll, it doesn't matter who you are, God's going to bless you. We'll talk about protection in a minute, but I'm just talking about the open heaven. And it's amazing. So there's a, a gentleman in our church, Ken Moy, uh, he was working security last night, and Ken and Callie, his wife, he, he shared a story with me two years ago, and it was so good, I had it videoed, but it came out eight minute, an eight-minute video testimony, so I couldn't find any message where I, it was, I could share it. So I got an idea, and I emailed Ken. I said, can I, can I just listen to it a couple times and just share the highlights? He said, yeah, go ahead. So here's the highlights of Ken's video. Uh, in 2010, they had a daughter that was born. She, need all, she needed all kinds of reconstruction surgeries. So they had insurance, but you, you know, the deductibles and so on and so forth. So they racked up all these expenses. And so he was saying they'd come to church, and if he had something in his wallet, he'd give up just something out of his wallet, and they would just put that in. And, and so he said, that's where he was at in life. And one day in the lobby, I saw him. I don't know any of this. And I was doing my Discipleship Connect group. And I haven't done that for a year and a half because I had to launch campus and, and, and do 210. But I'll be starting that up again. And I invited him to 210, or excuse me, to my discipleship group. And he shares this in the testimony. He says, through that group, because I'm challenging them to pick up their cross, follow Christ. I'm challenging them to live a passionate Christian life. He said, God began to deal with him and then his wife, Kelly, and they decided we need to give consistently, and they picked the number. They began to give consistently with that number, and he said about a year later, this job opportunity came. He said it was with a different company, but it was a huge, huge uh, job increase and in, in, in income increase. He said it was amazing, and they hired him, and he has that job, and that's when he came to me and said, I can't believe what God just did in my life, and then he went on to say, that he and Callie doubled what they were giving because they knew it was God who had opened that door and had blessed him with this huge promotion. And I see God do that over and over and over again. 34 years of it, it's absolutely amazing. And something else God promised you is he said, I'll protect you. So can I read this to you? This is uh, Malachi 3.11, and it reads this way. Uh, right after 10, we read 10, I will not let insects destroy your crops and your grapevines will be loaded with grapes. And the Bible teaches us over and over, this is not the curse of the law. This is just the curse of life. And he says, I'll begin to protect your finances. And the Bible teaches us that God protects the finances of a tither. And it's absolutely amazing. So I want to tell you a couple of stories, but I remember my dad said this about my brother, Tony. Um, he said to Tony, and it was just so evident in Tony's life. He said, you could fall into a barrel of poop, but, but he used the S word. And uh, <laughs> I didn't think that would be appropriate up here to you. So he said, you could fall into a barrel of poop and you'd come out smelling like a rose. And that, I'm telling you, no matter, Tony could get fired. He, he, he'd always come up with something better. It, and that's, what, that's the protection of a tither, see? And so I, I have friends in, in this church 
Uh, some of them were, were just, you know, working. They weren't supervisors. Others were supervisors. But it's the most amazing thing. Uh, one friend called me. He said, hey, I just got canned. And he's a high supervisor. He said our company was bought out. And then they already had my position, so they let go of me. And, but he's a tither, you know. He said, so I'm just believing God. He said uh, good things are going to happen. So it doesn't mean bad things won't happen to you. But you know he ended up getting a better job. He got it before severance ran out, so he actually made money on the deal. And that's just what God does. My son Joseph called me, I think, six weeks ago. And he had this issue at his house. He was going to lose several thousands of dollars. And, and he said, just would you agree with me? He said, I'm a tither. I'm a, I said, yeah, I'll agree with you. Do you know he ended up making money on that problem that was going to cost him money? That's just what God does. There's a protection. So it doesn't mean you won't have problems, but one way or another, God's going to get it back to you. And that's the open heaven. That's the protection. So I am amazed at what a dime can do. It can radically change your life here. And I just want to talk about there as I close up today because uh, the Bible talks about this thing called treasures in heaven. So you have rewards. We talked about that last week. But treasures, that, that's, that's the monetary system of heaven. Jesus talks about it over and over again. And there's some kind of commerce in heaven. I don't know exactly. The Bible doesn't say enough about it. It just says there's, there, there's, there's currency up there. It's called treasures. It's different than rewards. And the only way to have treasure in heaven is by giving to the poor or giving to the work of God here. And all generosity will put treasures up. Obviously, a tither is giving a higher percentage, so they're going to have more treasures. But it's just the most absolute amazing thing. So I want to read a couple verses, and, and this is out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Some of you, you're going you're to be really rich in heaven. It says this. It says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth and uh, eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Now, Jesus isn't saying you can't save money. He's just saying, you're going to see, just be generous with God. Give some to God, right? So in my own personal life, I, I saved money. I had two daughters married this year. Do you know I saved for their weddings for over a decade? Just put some away, put some away, put some away. Um, I saved for my retirement, you know. Uh, we have a little rainy day fun. God's okay with that. But what he wants to know is that I'm also generous with him because my generosity with him transfers to heaven as treasures. And Jesus says, don't just think this life is all it is. This life is not all there is. So he goes on to say this in verse 20, store, up, uh, store your treasure in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. And you get some money up there, no one's taking it, the stock market's not stealing it, and so on and so forth. And in 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19, I'm not going to read it, but you can read it later, God's talking to wealthy people. And he says, hey, don't trust in your wealth. And isn't it easy to do once you have money? It's easy to trust in it. He says, but trust in the living God who gives you all things richly to enjoy. Then he goes on in verse 18, and he says, hey, guys, do good works. Be a good person. And then he says, and be generous. And then in verse 19, you know what he says? In doing so, you'll lay up treasures in heaven. And he's just letting them know, hey, you want to leave treasures in heaven. But what we just read that Jesus said, you know what he always says after he says something like that? It's amazing. He says it over and over. And I, it used to blow my mind. Now I understand it. He says, many that are first here will be last in heaven. doesn't mean you won't go. Just means other people will have more status, more wealth than you in heaven. And then he said, many that are least here or last, they'll be first up there. And he says it over and over. Here's all he's saying. Um, when it comes to treasures in heaven, God looks at the percentage you give, not the amount. 
Because that wouldn't be fair. Bill Gates can write one check, you know, and he's going to have tons more treasure than us, right? But God's looking at percentages. And there's a cool story in the Bible. It goes like this. Uh, the widow's offering, it teaches us that God looks at percentages. So this is a cool story. Jesus is hanging out in the lobby of the temple, and it's the outer court. He's with his disciple, and they're right in front of this offering basket. And so all these wealthy people are coming up, and they're dropping in some big coin, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. And if you read Bible history, this is, they, they would have people blow trumpets so everybody could see what they were doing. And they had all this fanfare, some, they probably dunked it in, you know, things like that. They wanted everybody to know, look at what I'm giving, look at this, it's so much, you know, and they wanted to be see, seen of men. And Jesus doesn't even address that here. He addresses it, in other, addresses it in other places. But this poor widow came up, and she gave the equivalency of two pennies today. And Jesus stopped everything. He said, guys, guys, she just gave more than all of them. Like, what? They had to be shocked. He said, yeah, she gave more than all of them. Why? Because Jesus is looking at percentages. And that's exciting. So if someone makes 500000 a year and they give 5000 to, to God's work, God's church, they gave 1% of their income. If someone makes 20000 a year and they give 2000 2000 is less than 5000 right? They, they gave 10%. So the 2000 gift actually lays up more treasures in heaven than the $5,000 gift because Jesus looks at percentages. And that's why I said many that are first will be last and many that are last. So there's some people that are really wealthy here that won't be wealthy in heaven. There are people really poor here that will be really wealthy in heaven because they're laying up more treasure because God's looking at the treasure. So some of you are sitting there, you're thinking, Pastor Joe, you did a good job. You helped me understand this. Some of you are saying, yeah, 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 keep going, keep going. Okay. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. I, I used to sit in your seats. I know. I still do that today when I'm in your seats. I'm like, come on, buddy, get, get on with it. I, I, you're a little redundant. Okay, so I... I'm not officially ADD, but I deal with some of it, okay? So I know that. But you're sitting here, and you're saying, you know, if, you, if I look at my finances, I don't have the faith to start. I mean, you don't know what's my – I just don't see 10% there. Well, here's what I'd say. Take a look at this picture. Give a nickel. <laughs> you know, give 5%. Uh, start somewhere and just become consistent. Here's the scripture. This is a biblical principle. Jesus said, I will show myself faithful to those that are faithful. And so if you want him to show himself faithful in your finances, become consistent, become faithful, make it electronic so it's taken out every, every month or whatever you want to do, and, and just make it official because if you're faithful, God then can become faithful, but just start somewhere. And, and here's what I would do if I were you. Listen to this. I would say, God, I want to tithe. My faith isn't there, but I'm starting at this percentage and God will start to open heaven. He'll bless you like you're a tither because he sees that that's where you want to go, and you're, you're doing what you just have faith to do. So that's pretty awesome. Now, again, if you're sitting here, and maybe your mate says, there's no way, I'm not, I don't want to do this, uh, and you want to do it, guess what? God will bless you like you're doing it because God says when it's in your heart to do it, even if you can't, I will, I will treat you like you did it. And some of you are sitting here, maybe your business partner says, no way, you're not going to give off of the, our profit, and you want to do it, God will bless you as if you did it, or you just do it off of your percent or whatever it is. But the idea is start somewhere. And if you start somewhere, it's amazing. But here's something else I know, all right? We live in the United States of America, which we are marketed to buy things more than anyone else on the planet, right? So the new iPhone comes out. I, I have one that's a couple... It's a cup, it's down 
further, six or something. But the new ones come out, and it's like they, they make you think, like, you gotta, you got to have this. It will change your life. It does three more things than your old one does, you know? And, uh, and then the old one I'm holding, it, it, it's better than the computer that took the first guys to the moon. It's like, this thing's amazing. It, can, it almost can brush my teeth for me. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> But somehow you have to have, you and I live in a country, it's a great country, but they're bombarding the heck out of us to buy things. So it's really easy to get ourselves into debt. It's really easy to overstretch. So one of the things I did with my kids, and we make it a connect group here, is Financial Peace University. When my kids were graduating from high school, I said, guys, you have to go through this course, because I said it will, it will keep you out of debt. So Financial Peace University is so awesome, because here's what it does. Um, if you're in debt, he gives you this incredible strategy to get yourself out of debt, so that's pretty cool. And he also teaches you how to budget, which is not something you learn in school, right? Most parents don't teach us that. It teaches you how to budget. And so if you're in debt, it'll help you get yourself out of debt. So it's not going to bombard you with a, you know, teaching on giving. It's, it's about, hey, how do I take my finances? How do I turn this mess around? And how do I get myself on solid ground? And living in this country, we need it because they're constantly telling us, you know, it's only 5000 down and 400 a month, and you can drive this baby. You know, they're constantly telling us, you need this baby. And, and if you can afford it, that's awesome. But if you can't afford it, and when you're young, it's so easy to get caught up in that. The older you get, you just get smart. You say, I'd rather put that baby in the bank. You know, I'd rather save that. But when you're younger, it's like they're pulling you in and trying to pull you over to where you don't want to be. So you might be sitting here, and you might say, you know, I'd like to hear more on this subject. The guy that I love to listen to, his name is Pastor Robert Morris, and I just put his name up there. He wrote a book called The Blessed Life. It's the best book in the universe on, on, on uh, generosity. And you can Google him, or you can go to YouTube, put his name in. Free teaching, you can listen to him for free. I just encourage you, if you want to learn more, to do that. If you're a processor like me, and you say, I didn't hear more about this. I didn't have Google when I was little, you know, when I was young, uh, Christian. So, so you guys can go Google that. You can go to the website of his church. It's in Dallas. Just put Robert Morris's church will come up. The best teacher I ever heard on the subject. Guys, let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I did my best. Boardman, let's close our eyes and bow our heads there. I did my best to teach this part of the Bible. And Lord, I thank you for giving me the ability to bring some humor into it and have some fun with it. And I thank you for every precious soul here, Lord. I'm assuming they're all tithers. And Lord, I just thank you. You love them whether they tithe or not. You love them whether they're generous or not. You love all of us so much. But I thank you that you teach us how we can open heaven up and bring protection in our lives. Lord, I thank you that you teach us all generosity brings blessing. I thank you that you teach us that we lay up treasures in heaven and how that works, Lord God. So, Lord, we're all human. We're, we all deal with human things. And so uh, we ask you, help us to be more generous. We ask you, help us to see what we don't see. Help us to see what blocks us when it comes to this area of our life. And Lord, we thank you for, for radically changing each and every one of us. And we thank you that a dime radically changes our life here and forever. Lord, I thank you for these precious people in this place. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. God's speaking to hearts. God's dealing with hearts in a good way. And while all that's happening with heads bowed in Borb and heads bowed here, maybe you walked in today and you said, man, I, I came in to hear you and you taught on money, but that was good, man. And now I'm wondering about my eternity. And so with heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're not sure of your forever, listen, listen, listen. You cannot work your way to heaven. 
So I'm not asking you to join a church or religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church, if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. I'm not asking you if you walked in not being sure there is a God or believing there wasn't. None of that matters. Here's what I'm asking. What have you done with Jesus? Because Jesus said, you ready? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God unless they go through me, Jesus. You have to go through him. And he said, whoever believes in me will not perish, but I'll give them everlasting life. So if you're here, you say, man, this is a moment in, in time. I can sense it. I'm ready today to give my heart to Jesus. You know, he said, if you call on his name, he'll save you. So heads are bad, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, that's me, I'm ready. Would you pray with me? Everyone else here in, in Warren and Borman, can we help him pray? Just say this after me. Uh, say, Lord God, I, I realize I was born a sinner and I need a savior. This day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died for me. And I believe God raised you from the grave. I accept you as my savior and make a decision today to follow you. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, I'm not gonna ask you to stand up, get out of your seat, but something radical just happened in your life. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, God washed all your sins away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. It's absolutely amazing. You may not have felt anything, but it happened. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.